Hello, everybody, and welcome to the You Thought Sports Podcast. I'm here today with Lucas, Wyatt, Jared. Uh, we're missing Bart today, you know, of our, our whole crew, um, but uh, but enough of us to, to make it happen. Um, so we're going we're gonna to start out today by talking some NBA, uh, given that the, the seeding games wrapped up last week and the, the playoffs are starting this week. Uh, so, Jared, let's start. Let's talk about the seeding games. What were your biggest takeaway from from those games? Um, so my actually biggest takeaways are that we still don't know enough to make predictions quite yet because teams like the Lakers, Clippers, and Bucks can make the excuse, well, we didn't care. We already had our seeds locked up, you know? So it's still in some ways hard to tell, but I I think it seemed like in general, at least, okay, I shouldn't say in general, I was very fixed (laughs) on on the Portland series, that great offense can outscore great defense in the bubble. How long will that last though is, is kind of the real question. Um, I don't know if Portland specifically can keep just outscoring people just in like, mm. I don't think Dallas for them, it hasn't really worked all season. Them just trying to outscore <laughs> people. It hasn't, you know, hasn't really worked. Um, that's what I'm going to be watching with both the Portland Lakers series and the, the Clippers Mavs series. Um, mm. Another thing we learned is that Damian Lillard is slept on as a first team, all NBA talent. In my opinion, um, <laughs> he's got the stats to back it up. He just doesn't have the market or the platform for, for, I mean, Portland's just, yeah, not the biggest market. I, I get it, but I think he's been slept on. I, I'm expecting – we're expecting big things from him next year, I think. It would be really interesting to see what he if he just keeps going on a scorched earth, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah. policy. Yeah, I've um, heard that – yeah, there, I've heard that there are some people in Portland who don't really support Dame, who don't think he's worthy of a, a 2K cover, <laughs> for example. Yeah, true. I'm going to call people out, but <laughs> – Yeah, maybe we'll hear from them later. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm – I'm also interested to see if the pressure of being in the bubble, like not being able to go home and stuff, will mm-hmm. fluster anybody. Yeah. I, I some pundits have said that like Giannis headbutting headbutting uh what's the name Mo Wagner was like signs that people are getting frustrated being in the bubble for uh, a mm-hmm. little while, and like Dame you know yelling at reporters on the sidelines to put respect on his name, <laughs> getting in a beef with Paul George. Well, I, I, I'm curious to see if if it'll be easier to get underneath people's skins because of just like the pressure of the bubble and it's like a, a, the people are going to be a little stir crazy maybe and, and that's going to be part of it. So that's what uh, some of my takeaways and what I'm looking out for. Yeah. yeah, no, I think on the Giannis point, especially like that was like a game that didn't really matter. It was like, how did, yeah, it's just surprising that it would lead to that kind of reaction. So it, it will be interesting if we see, I mean, the playoffs are always a little heated, um, yeah. but it might be, maybe even more than usual if everyone's just like losing it in the bubble <laughs> by the finals. Yeah. We might just yeah. <laughs> getting ripped off by Jimmy Butler's $20. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that might exactly. make him mad. <laughs> oh God. Um, but also, you know, going, keeping going with the seeding games, do you guys have like a biggest disappointment of the restart? You know, we said, we saw, definitely saw some surprises. Um, and I feel mm-hmm. like there there definitely were some disappointments. Anyone have any any notable ones? Yeah, I think the Memphis Grizzlies and yeah. the Philadelphia 76ers are my two big ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Grizzlies coming into it seemed to have a decent grip on eighth place and were playing well. And I expected them to at least make the seeding game, but they were one in seven in the bubble with their only win being against the Bucks. essentially. Not really caring at that point. Weren't they two and seven or two and six? I mean, didn't they beat or the two and six? Well? Think, yeah, yeah. Yeah, 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 two and six. Um, so Jaw was good, but not really good enough to carry the team. And I think losing Jaron Jackson Jr. really hurt as well. And they just sort of crumbled. And while they put up a good fight against 
uh, the Blazers in the playing game. I think it was just sort of like a culmination of everything that had happened <clears throat> yeah. in the bubble up until that point. And then the 76ers too. I think like the Simmons injury kind of derailed them all the problems that you know, had had sort of reared their heads uh, so far in the season with just sort of a lack of chemistry between the team just happened again. And as of the game tonight, seemed to have shown themselves again in the playoffs where they can never really quite cross the finish line. I don't mark the, the Grizzlies as a disappointment, though. I think it's disappointing that they weren't able to get the number uh, eight seed. But given mm-hmm. they're a young team, they lost their number two guy in Jaron Jackson. I'm not really going to be too upset about that. Plus, Justice Winslow never even made it into the bubble. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, so they exactly. kind of they were already shorthanded going in. I think a team that should have gotten the number eight seed, or at least close, was the Pelicans, who fell way short of that. They put mm-hmm. Zion on minute restrictions going in. Doesn't make any sense. Lonzo Ball, who was kind of coming into his own um, as a good playmaker for that team, just didn't really show up at all. He averaged like five points a game, I think, during that entire series. Not it wasn't great at three point shooting when I mean if you ask TJ Warren, it's a good three point shooting arena. So um I don't really love what the Pelicans did out there. I can definitely see why they moved on from head their head coach, yeah. Alvin Gentry, who I do think yeah. is a good head coach. I actually I like Alvin Gentry. I think he's a really good guy. Um I, he understands the game of basketball, but I think that maybe giving the the shortcomings of, you know, an easy schedule and the bubble kind of whole restart. I mean they they really shouldn't have been in the bubble in the first place. Had the season yeah. actually ended on a regular regular season, they probably their season probably would have just ended as well. But they were handed one of the easier schedules and kind of still didn't really live through to that. No, I mean like yeah. the the eight seed play in game was kind of made for them. Right, it like, was a lot yeah. like <laughs> exactly. Like yeah. it, it felt like it was. So for them to have not even made that game and for it to have played so poorly and like it it didn't even feel like they like wanted to be in there to be honest not at all um, yeah. was was definitely disappointing and like obviously well, like they have a bright future but yeah yeah and like you mentioned before why like just giving zion a minutes restriction doesn't yeah. make any sense if you're actually trying to compete for that seed and if like i know the nba like chose who was coming back but like why even go into it if you're not gonna yeah. put your best team out there and try and win like i understand like trying to be careful with him and developing him and making sure he doesn't get injured that makes sense but in like such a short eight game burst you would feel like You'd want to put him out there for more than, you know, a few minutes at a time. It was like a fifteen minute per game. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, that's 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 nothing. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make sense. Yeah, like the little like three minute bursts. Like I remember I'd watch sports and be like Zion burst one, and he'd have like three (laughs) field goal attempts, and then get taken off the the quarter. Messy, but yeah, a, a, a disappointment that wasn't based on the team, you know, performing poorly. I think it was the Suns not actually making oh, yeah. the eighteen yeah. playing yeah, game. Yeah, I think we're all sad about that. We all became Suns fans for like a solid, you know, week, two weeks. Um, but given that, do we think the Suns do do we think this was just a, a random streak or are the Suns actually gonna be a team to beat next year? I'm not gonna say team to beat. Yeah. I think that they're gonna be. I think that they're gonna be better. I think that they're gonna be more poised to make the playoffs. Um, I I have a, the Suns on a team. Excuse me. I have the Suns on a list of teams that have to make moves this offseason to kind of capitalize on their success so yeah. far this year. Mm-hmm. I think just having. I know they because when you look at the Suns' moves, I think they're very questionable a lot of the times, especially when you look at their drafts where they could have had a lot of 
um, high-end talent. I think they had a chance to draft Luca, or they did because they drafted DeAndre Ayton instead. You kind of got to question the way that they put talent around Devin Booker, and I really think that moving forward with a new head coach, that they have to do a better job of doing that, and they can't just let this year yeah. be like a victory within, no pun intended, within a bubble. Right? <laughs> they have to, they have to be able to like add somebody else onto that. I mean, yeah. Brandon Ingram is a restricted free agent. You might want to try to go for him. Uh, Fred Van Vliet, who I actually I, I really like, Drake Two Point Oh, dropped thirty <laughs> points today. By the way. He's okay. a really good talent. You probably yeah. grab him for a guard. Um, but I don't think that the Suns need should stop right here. Because I do think that they mm. could they could have a, a good grip on the eight eight seed in the Western Conference. But yeah. that's I think it, that though? I think that's about it. Yeah, I, mean, I think they're like a team to walk like Mm-hmm. Not a team to beat, but maybe a team to like watch like a couple of years down the road yeah. where it's like I can see them sneaking into like a six, seven, eight type of range, probably more seven, eight range next year. Nothing about if they six. can get some talent. Yeah. I just think that they're like they're maybe on a good trajectory, but I don't think that you're like gonna see a competitive Suns team until maybe maybe two or three years down the road if they can acquire the talent they need to. You disagree, Jared? You don't think you think that you were gonna see the Suns as we're talking about them as a championship team? With the Lakers and the Clippers and the Rockets or whatever. Yeah, they could be as, they could be just as good as like a Utah Jazz kind of kind of team or like a Denver Nuggets kind of team. Like I I think they those teams are hampered because they're not in big markets. I know I'm kind of on markets and stuff today, but um, <laughs> I I feel like they 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 could. Yeah, I don't know too much about like the structure of their management and how competent they are, but I think they could get up to like a three seed or something like that in the near future. I don't know if it's just, wow. if the eight seed is just their is their ceiling. Yeah. Three seed is high. It is. I mean, three but, seed is high. But but nobody's talking about the Utah Jazz and the Denver Nuggets as championship contenders. At least not the Utah. I'm not saying Jazz. they're going to be championship the Nuggets, contenders, yeah. but yeah. the Nuggets, yes. I, I mean, the Nuggets. By the way, Michael Porter Jr. looking good. <laughs> he, he's <laughs> yes, the next he next big thing. Honestly, he's awesome. great. But did you see how Dorsberg compared him today to Kevin Durant? The I'm not shocked. Honestly, yeah. I mean, I like. I I'm agree. not shocked. Dorsberg's he's got a, a sweet pull up. Yeah. Yeah, good for Doris, honestly. <laughs> we stand Doris on this. Jared, I just think that the sure. three seed is a little high. Um, I think that the, I I would probably put them along maybe Portland, kind of like along those lines where they might have talent, they might be able to out shoot the lights out of a gym, but I don't know if necessarily they're a team that you look at and say that they're gonna win something this year. Yeah, I just think the difference from Portland is that Portland is mostly developed talent at this point. Like most yeah. of their guys are like, like pretty definitively in their prime or past it. Whereas that's the Suns, I don't think you can me. say that for <laughs> really to for to have a bunch of veteran <laughs> yeah. talent and to be fighting for the eighth seed. Yeah, you have yeah. Carmelo no, and all of them, and then versus being a young team and having Devin Booker be like no, that, 22, 22. That's exactly what, yeah, that's yeah. exactly my point is that I, I think the, the sons with, you know, Cameron Johnson and McCall Bridges, like those are guys who are going to get better. And, you know, we, we haven't seen probably, you know, near their prime yet. So it'll be interesting if they continue to develop at this rate, what, what we'll see. But anyway, moving, moving on to the playoffs, which uh, are starting, starting this week. Um, Lucas, what first round matchups are, are most intriguing to you? So I picked three. Um, the first are the one eight and the two seven in the West because mm-hmm. they feature two teams that, in the lower seeds, have like incredible offensive efficiency and like Jared mentioned before, have just kind of shot the lights out. 
um, in the bubble, but I want to see how that translates to playoff basketball. So sort of mm-hmm. running back, it's the Blazers <laughs> against the Lakers as the yeah. eight and the one, and the Mavericks versus the Clippers as the two seven. Um, and I saw a crazy stat that like the Mavericks have the highest offensive efficiency in the last 20 years, but their clutch offensive efficiency measured in the last five minutes was 26th in the NBA this year, which is just like oh. a crazy turnaround. So, I mean, that's not an easy thing to fix, <laughs> yeah, but like yeah. clearly like it's in place for them if they can sort of like put the pieces together at the end of the game. And I don't know if like the time for that is in the playoffs, but yeah. I'm interested to see how it sort of plays out. And it's sort of the same thing with the Blazers Lakers in which like, I still think the Lakers and the Clippers in both games are the favorites, mm-hmm. but the Lakers haven't been great. They were three and five in the bubble, mm-hmm. uh, and AD and LeBron played in a lot of those games. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they, the Blazers, if they get hot, can maybe give them a run for their money, push it to six or seven. Mm-hmm. So I just want to see how that plays out, sort of like the how like bubble basketball impacts the playoffs, because like it is it sort of in theory like a new season, like mm-hmm. everything was washed away and. I don't know if guys that get hot in the playoffs like Dame like continue to light the world on fire. Like I could see them really pushing the Lakers. And then the last one I chose yeah. too was the Heat Pacers. Yeah. Um, because I want to see whether like the young Heat team with Jimmy Butler can sort of like live up to their like regular season sort of emergence as like one of the better teams in the East. And I also want to see if TJ Warren can continue his form <laughs> in the bubble because he lit it up too, even though he missed the last couple of games. Yeah. TJ Warren versus Jimmy Butler. We'll see. Yeah. I. I... <laughs> I agree that, like, in on paper, I guess not on paper, but with star mm. power, I'm really interested in the Clippers-Mavs series, which is tipping off, I think, as we speak. Mm-hmm. Um, because they actually are, depending on, everybody has this idea, like, that the Clippers are this dominant defensive team, uh-huh. when actually metrics that you use, depending on the metrics you use, they're really not, they're just, like, middle of the road. They actually mm-hmm. score, they were the fourth best scoring offense in the league. Mm-hmm. Mavs were third in the entire regular season. I couldn't find specific bubble stats for teams so that could actually be a super high scoring series um so i'm pretty interested to see but i also had the mavs as like a big disappointment for me i was hoping they would go on some run they were three and five i I wanted them to upset the clippers and they're kind of just like wasting not wasting because lucas still young but i don't want them to waste lucas talent you know what i mean and have them just languishing on the seventh seed team so that's what that's what i want to look for yeah, their, like, kind of mediocrity in the bubble was surprising to me, especially given that Kristaps was, like, going off. Like, yeah. it was the best Kristaps had played all season by far. He was averaging, like, 30 a game. Luka was, you know, as expected, fantastic. So I don't know, like, could that be their ceiling? I don't, like... Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It is, a, it is a little concerning. But I do think, given that the Clippers also have not looked great, that that'll, that'll be an interesting one to watch. Definitely yeah. some some buckets in that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm off the Clippers bandwagon, and I'm back, oh. and I'm on the Mavs bandwagon. <laughs> I actually, I, I know you cannot convince. You know, you guys talked a lot about how mediocre they were. I really like the Mavs team. I really like the way that they're put together. Mm-hmm. I like their role, role players, like Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, I really like Luca, of course. I really like Kristaps, of course. So, I think that they have a chance. I'm not going to give them a big one, <laughs> mm-hmm. but the same way that the Clippers took Golden State to five or six, I think that the Mavs might be able to kind of make it a tough battle for the Clippers more so than it's, mm. it's not going to be like a sweep. I don't think for that number seven oh. or number two, number seven battle in the West. Yeah. yeah we'll mm. see. I agree. 
We'll see for sure. I think that the, my favorite series is non-biased as an Oklahoma City Thunder fan, but the Thunder Rockets series I think is going to be really fun. Not only do they have fun storylines with the whole James Harden versus Chris Paul thing, but yeah. I actually really do like the way that the Thunder have played this year. I'm a big fan of Stephen Adams. I yeah. when I picked them, they had like a they had like a zero point zero two percent chance of making the playoffs, but. I picked them to make them anyway as like a number eight seed, and they've well over exceeded my expectations. Chris Paul is playing like an MVP this year. They got Andre Robinson back, who is a really strong uh, defensive wing. I really like this team. I like the coach. Of course, the front office is one of the best in the league. I think that OKC can give Rockets a run for his money, especially since Russell Russell Westbrook won't be there uh, at the start. The, yeah, they, the they can win that series. Yeah. I think they, they will. I agree. <laughs> yeah, if we're talking about just like organizations and sports, I love too. I think it's the fun. Like <laughs> the front office is incredible. Like they since their like inception, essentially, they've always been competitive. Yeah. They've always been good, even though they've lost three MVPs off that team. Yeah, like that's <laughs> oh yeah, insane. <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a tragedy that they never won a title. By the way, with that with that group. Yeah, <laughs> that's true too. But, oh, Yeah, no, you mentioned earlier, I think the Pacers Heat series, that's another one that, that I'm definitely watching. I think that the Heat, I was very high on earlier in the year. Um, they didn't look great during the restart. Kendrick Nunn was struggling, uh, and he was a pretty key part of their kind of bit of a surprising season. Um, so I don't know if I, I think I have the Pacers in this one. I, I think that the I think that the oh. East is going to be chalk. Uh, in the I first think the round. East is going to be chalk, too. Really? Yep, I think yeah. it's going to be Bucks, Raptors, or yeah, Raptors, Celtics, Pacers. Does, um, does anybody think that the that. Raptors yeah. are going to have problems with the Nets? Does anybody think that? The no. Nets are good. No, but, uh, <laughs> no. Dude, the Nets, in fact, the, I, I'm, I'm like, more than impressed with the Raptors this year. I put them as yeah. a, like a legitimate contender yeah. for a title after what I've seen from them in the bubble. Um, I agree. They, with they that. play really well. Like, it's I, I'm not going to say that the <clears throat> excuse me that the Bucks are just going to walk through the East anymore. If they meet the mm. the Raptors in the Eastern Conference Finals, it could be very interesting. Yeah. Like, I don't think, yeah. like, one nice, like, AKA performance from, like, LeVert for the Nets would <laughs> yeah. really have right, them, exactly. like, hey, be competitive. Yeah. But the Nets is, are... but you know what? He's going to get traded this offseason, I'm pretty sure, because I think that the, <laughs> the Nets are going to try to add another piece alongside Kevin Durant. So all he's doing is upping mm. his trade value right now. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> a question I did want to ask you guys too. Do you think we are more likely to see upsets given the lack of home field advantage? Verdicts. I can't tell if I th- like, I think there will be more upsets. I can't tell if it's due to the home field advantage or not. It just, mm-hmm. it feels like a more balanced year than other years. Like I legitimately think the blade, like I don't think the Blazers are going to beat the Lakers, but I think they have a shot. I think that yeah. the Mavs have a shot over the Clippers. Like that's stuff I wouldn't have said in, in the past five years, maybe, maybe because Golden State was just so dominant. Yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. I don't know how the like home field advantage will play into it. And like the NBA is trying to like give home field advantage to teams by like you know playing the music that they play and stuff, but it's it's not going to be equivalent in any way. No. Yeah, I mean, I would love to get a pro's perspective on this, but I'm no. I'm not really convinced that professionals get rattled that much by home field advantage, especially in basketball. Like you're, you're, you have to play under the same conditions yeah. as the other team. Like, it's not like they're being yeah. loud. It's not like they're being quiet while you're on. <laughs> they're loud, the loud all the time. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I, don't know. I, I really am not that convinced on it. 
look at the Sixers this year, Jared. Like best home <laughs> yeah. record and like almost the worst away record in the NBA. That, that's that's more attributed though to like their beds being uncomfortable on the road and like they're more comfortable with their their home that's beds. True, you know that's what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Not the game itself. No. Oh. Right. Honestly though, I'd be interested to see like like free throw percentage in the bubble. Like um, yeah, like yeah, as opposed to without fan uh, with with fans in general. Um, like if that's changed, like if anything is affected really by like the noise and you know the disruption. Um, yeah, I saw uh, this article yeah. before the bubble started that was like, let's say we were playing the um, the 2016 Game 7 Warriors-Cavs mm. game in the bubble. Would uh, I think it was Iguodala, right, that got blocked mm. by LeBron. Would he have heard mm. LeBron coming and like, not, <laughs> gone, not gone for that layup? Actually you know, who heard knows? footsteps, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. But, what a yeah. funny idea. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't think that there's going to be any difference. I think that the first round is always set up for a cakewalk. And I think going forward, it, it doesn't really. I don't think I don't know. I don't really know how like how much home court advantage really matters. Yeah, you know. I'm in the same boat, personally. In basketball specifically. Yeah. It's in everyone's head. That's it. Yeah. Living his head rent free. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right, so we're gonna move on to a little fill in the blank. Jared, I'm gonna start with you. If the college football season pro- proceeds this fall without the Big Ten and Pac-12. The national championship will have blank value. I'm going with 75%. Very, <laughs> very mathematical. Right, so, so we already we already exclude the group of five unofficially, but officially as well. Uh, let's so let's just exclude the Big Ten and Pac-12. Okay, that's what we're doing. If it's the Big 12, SEC and ACC, if that's the all the teams that play in the fall, I mean they're probably going to produce four pretty good teams. I mean, most people think the Pac-12 shouldn't be in there anyway. You know, there's a lot of people like, oh, the Pac-12 suck, you know. Man. So really, we're just losing Ohio State. Okay. So it's going to be and Penn State. two. Yeah. I mean, I'm dis- mm. disregarding them. They wouldn't be Notre Dame in this 10-game series, let's be honest. Anyway. <laughs> but yeah, most people hate on the Pac-12 because the Pac-12 hasn't produced a playoff team since Oregon. So basically, three-fourths of the major competitive leagues are still in. So it's 75% value. What do you think, Wyatt? Uh, I went with zero. There's, there's zero value to this national championship this wow. year, if not all the teams play. Oof. It's the college football playoffs, and not all the college football teams are in it, especially if Alabama wins it this year. I'm not going to put any weight towards, <laughs> towards a, a college football victory. I I don't believe in it. I don't think that it's going to mean anything. If nobody's it. playing, then who cares? I feel like you put more stock into it, though, if Alabama or Clemson wins. It's like, yeah, that was supposed to happen. Yeah. But then if, like, what University of Washington anyway? wins yeah. this year, you're like, what? You know, then you can maybe say like, what happened? Or would it be really be... because of Pac-12? Yeah, I was gonna say, I really go, what if like you know, we're the ones to win it this year? Yeah, no, if, if Bama won it and they beat like they had to play like a weak Big Twelve score or something like that to get into the the championship. I mean, but they probably won't. Game. More than likely, they won't though. Well, no, no if it's four I... SEC teams, and you know, good for them. But yeah, moving on, I want I to see them make like preseason rankings, like just with all the teams, and then yeah. like when teams that are actually playing lose, they just go down, and all the teams that aren't playing are just like they go yeah. to the top. Anyway, it'll be interesting too because they released like the coaches poll already, and there are like teams on there that are not going to be playing their whole season. So I guess like week one, they'll just all drop out. But... Yeah. But also, if we can just keep going on this a little bit longer. What if, like, if, what are they going to do, though, if, like, the, um, if legitimately the Big Ten and Pac-12 play in the spring, and, like, and then the, I, but the, all the other schools play in the fall, like, how are they going to ter- determine? Well, just wait to play the national championship. It's yeah, fun. you know, yeah. like, exactly. <laughs> it just seems so weird. Give it if I was the Big Ten and Pac-12 big... could be, like, screwing themselves by just basically not giving them a chance to even, like, play for anything 
special. If I was a, if I was a player I in the know. Big Twelve, or sorry, excuse me, the Big Ten, like if I was Justin Fields, I wouldn't yeah. play this year, not in the spring. Yeah. If you got hurt in the fall, it's different than getting hurt in the spring. You you probably play in the spring and then immediately go right into the draft. I don't yeah. know, especially like it, let's say they canceled the entire season. You're Trevor Lawrence, and you're already going to be the number one overall pick. Why bother at all? I think Justin Fields is still going to be like a top ten pick, probably a top five pick. Mm. So I mean, why even bother if you're a guy who already has first round talent money on the lock? Yeah. But. Mm. Well, and yeah. like uh, Jared, I'm Ohio State on. players. Hold on, Ohio State <laughs> players are saying like, hold on. wait, it's safe. They're uh, I guess Ohio State I think was reopening their campus or something. They're like, wait, it's safe for me to go to campus, but it's not safe for me to play football. Like, how does that make any sense? Also, did you see UNC sent all their students home today? So I don't know how that's going to work. Wow. Like in relation to everything as well. Like, are they still going to play football? Yeah, they want money. They're, they're going to find a way. Yeah. <laughs> Do they make I mean, money yeah, they, off of football? Well, they, yeah, well, they, UNC. They can, yeah, they can live off of a basketball <laughs> program. They don't yeah. need them. And now they can actually quarantine for two weeks before like the season starts. So, it, you know, maybe Perfect. even a better case. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, go ahead, Wyatt. Move on. Jared, thank you. Years later, yeah. Aiden, back to you. If Messi moves to Manchester City, the Premier League favorite next year should be blank. Uh, I'm going to say Crystal Palace. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Um, I actually do think it should be Man City. Um, I think reuniting Pep Guardiola with with Messi, they were together back during Barcelona's best years. Um, Along with, you know, Man City already has uh, Kevin De Bruyne in the midfield, the Premier League player of the season. Um, And Man City's attack was like kind of not as good as expected this year. And that was on display during their uh, Champions League game against Lyon last week where they lost three to one and just missed some really just like wide open scoring opportunities. Um, and Liverpool obviously had a good season. Um, I don't mean to offend you, Lucas, um, but they're not. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm picking Man yeah. City too in this scenario. <laughs> Spoilers. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, Liverpool wasn't successful in the champions league, right? They weren't successful in the FA cup. They had a kind of weak close to the season. Um, obviously still a fantastic team. But I think this might give Man City the edge. So, so Lucas, you may have already stated your <laughs> what your pick yeah. is, but yeah, explain. <laughs> I think it's Man City, yeah, too. But I think adding Messi to a team like maybe the best player ever can't yeah. hurt your chances, and I think they were already like pretty close to being the favorite for next year already. Though I don't think it's like as resounding a yes mm-hmm. as maybe I thought initially. Like the problem this year for them was also their defense mm-hmm. and adding Messi, like improves your offense and maybe you just take like the the maverick strategy where you just literally try and outscore someone but um i don't know i i think they're still the favorite adding Messi to a team that's already really really good helps i think liverpool and chelsea would also be close like mm-hmm. liverpool's got like a machine of a team that it, mm-hmm. and they're basically just running it back this year and chelsea had a lot of offensive talent too but i think it'd be man city so moving on there apparently have been reports um that espn approach Sean McVay about a Monday night football booth position. So, fill in the blank, Wyatt. The NFL head coach who'd be best in Monday night football is? None of them. <laughs> None of them? Yeah. The best, guys in the, the best guys that were already in the booth have a job already, and I was going to pick John Gruden, but, we, I mean, we've already seen him do it. Like, he's probably the most interesting personality. Other than that, what, Andy Reid? I think Belichick would be funny for a bit, but I don't know if you want to listen to him for an entire yeah. season. Unless, I mean, I know he understands the game, but if he doesn't want to talk about it, he doesn't want to talk about it. Um, I just, I want to just take this moment to say that ESPN is one of the worst booth recorder recruiters I've ever seen, where they just they can't even get um, 
Peyton Manning on like a hundred and forty million dollar contract, so they decided to go for a guy who already has a job. So uh, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> I don't really see anybody as as far as a coach. I don't really see anybody who I would care about to to watch in the in the booth. Yeah. Hidden. What do you yeah. think? Oh, like also, what a wild move it would have been if like Sean McVay just left, <laughs> left the Rams, yeah. like two years removed from the Super Bowl, and he just well, was like, yeah, you know what, like, I, I'm I'm good, I'm out. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna say for this one, I wasn't particularly thrilled by any of the choices either. I'm gonna say John Harbaugh, but only mm. as a part of a package deal um, where Jim Harbaugh is the other is one of the other <laughs> people in the booth uh, where they they have to be together, just going at it. Uh, you got John to kind of balance out Jim, the the more outspoken one. Um, I'd also like an option, like on like ESPN Plus or something. Finally, make my ESPN Plus subscription worth something. Like a more chill <laughs> option with Andy Reid commentating, like just Andy <laughs> Reid, just like chilling out. You know, be a very pleasant three to four hours. Not always talking, but just like kind of you know, nice to listen to. Um, so <laughs> I do agree <laughs> with your Harbaugh thing, though. And I thought when they were getting Peyton Manning, I said they should awfully, honestly try to get Eli Manning as well and see if they could just do the Honestly, though, thing. right? Like, because yeah. you know. the struggle has been chemistry. Like, the, yeah. they let, don't have chemistry. They're, let they're, the brothers they're, go they're back and forth. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, exactly. I'd appreciate that. Um, but yeah. What? What about Richard Sherman and Jim Harbaugh? <laughs> <laughs> Neither are current NFL coaches, Jared. So uh, you, yeah, yeah. yeah you <laughs> invalid. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Uh, so last week we saw Alex Cintron, the Astros hitting coach, was suspended 20 games for his part in instigating the Astros brawl at the A's. Uh, Ramon Laureano, the an A's outfielder, who is the other major participant in the brawl, received a six-game suspension. Lucas, the the twenty game suspension for Cintron, the the hitting coach, is blank. Appropriate. He needlessly <laughs> put players in danger, and like, just for like, just to be a jerk, like. And I think honestly, history plays some role in this. Like the fact that it was an Astros coach trying to instigate something. Like I believe if it were like a coach on another team, they would have gotten less of a punishment. But like, the fact that your team is the one that cheated, and you're you've been like the ones who have like brought all this hate upon yourself and then you're adding to it and like forcing players not forcing players to fight but instigating a fight between players just seems like an awful move so i think he was appropriately punished i also hate the astros too so i'm glad he got punished jared what about you this my my uh fill in the blank is a catalyst for victory this is gonna be this is gonna be the this is gonna be the the thing that the astros rally around and they're they're he's not doing a great job as a hitting coach. You know they have the 17th best team average right now, like 20th in home runs, I believe. Um, that being said, it, it is meant. This is definitely like mandatory. Like a hitting coach needs to stay out of the game in that in that regard. You know, yeah. and especially during COVID. Mm-hmm. You know, like 20 games is very fine by me. Yeah, so uh, I'm I'm all for that. The 20 game <laughs> suspension, but I mean, it could help out the Astros. You know, maybe they get a new hitting coach so that realizes better. Um, they they get into the top ten of some stats. We'll see. But it would be funny if they like kind of rally around this and just rattle off like twelve straight. <laughs> <laughs> that's all we needed. Yeah. Yeah, that's all. <laughs> get Michael Jordan in there. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so we're going to talk about some NFL dark horse MVP candidates. Uh, some people have been discussing it online. We thought it was a pretty fun topic. Each of us will make a thirty second elevator pitch for a dark horse candidate. Um, after the pitch, we'll spend a minute discussing if we think the player is a dark horse, and if so, whether they actually have a shot at being the MVP. Wyatt, we're going to start with you. Who's your pick? Thank you, Jared. 
I'm going to throw out the name of a man who has been pitted everything against him is Deshaun Watson. His own head coach and GM has decided to trade away their best players. They decided not to put together an offensive line around him other than Laramie Tunzel. I would put him in the same kind of offensive boat as Russell Wilson is, and we see how dynamic he is. The only difference is that he's young, and I think people might respect him more. And I think Russell Wilson kind of like falls into the background being such a – no offense, but he's kind of a corny guy, and I think I think Deshaun Watson has a little bit more swag to him, so people would pay more attention. But being that they traded away DeAndre Hopkins and that this team will probably still make the playoffs next year with Deshaun Watson as the helm, <clears throat> I think that it puts everything in a good in a good spot for him to win, especially because he's a great playmaker. And he could probably replicate close to what Lamar Jackson did last year. I, I I don't doubt that he could have a good season, but I don't think he's a dark horse. Yeah, I don't think he's a dark horse either. Like I'd put him in like maybe like my top seven or eight guys who I would. Pick if you're outside the top three, you're a dark horse. You can't be a no, seven. You're not. Top seven. Yes, you are. Well, how far, far seven, deep are we? Deep? You're talking pitch black dark horses. I'm talking about guys who I actually have a shot of winning. So I mean, come on. CBS gave him the fourth best odds, Wyatt. Like, that's not <laughs> You're outside the <laughs> <country. laughs> I think if he did put a, together an impressive season without, like, with all his uh, mm-hmm. weapons being stripped from him, he'll be a good candidate, for sure. Mm. Can't argue that. Mm. All right. Well, I'll move into mine. Uh, this is a guy that you might have heard of I, I changed it from one from one of my favorite guys <laughs> to someone else uh, i'm going with Sad. gardner Minshew the second oh. uh oh. his odds are <laughs> pitch, pitch are plus fifteen thousand. <laughs> by comparison patrick mahomes are, uh, odds are plus 350 so he, there's mm. there's a qualification for a dark horse all right so the, for the jags <laughs> their average draft grade given to them this season this offseason was b plus some people really like their offseason. Some people don't. They, they had a very high standard deviation. But anyway, Minshew, Minshew had more touchdowns, less interceptions, higher pass rating than Kyler Murray, and he started four less games than him. He should have been he should have been rookie of the year. I mean, honestly. Nobody will be expecting anything from them this year. They have the 11th easiest schedule. You know, so it's not going to be completely hard, but not also the easiest. Um, also helped by the fact that they don't really have a dominant team in their division. You know, Texans, what is it, Texans, Colts. Uh, and Titans, no, no really dominant team in that division. So Jared, I'm going Gardner Minshew. All three of those teams are miles above better than the Jaguars. <laughs> yeah, are. there's no. Who cares? Uh-uh. Who cares how dominant? They're still they're they're still the little brother to every single one of those teams in that division. Yeah, but then if Gardner Minshew carries them though, like <laughs> but he won't. Jared, this year, Gardner, yeah, no, he will. Oh my. Six. What are you guys, talking about? They had, they had a B plus off season. I don't like. Yeah, I, come I, on. I don't know. This is I think B plus. I think MVP. So. <laughs> Yeah, he's gonna if he if he takes that team and, and does something with them, dude. They're gonna have the number one overall pick next year. <laughs> they, they have <laughs> the 11th, They have like the eleventh easiest. What do you? They have like oh. the eleventh easiest schedule. You said. Yeah. They're probably they're, they're going one against of the worst records in the NFL. Combined winnings percentage of their opponents was four ninety four. That last organization year. is a mess from top to bottom. <laughs> it is a mess. They've traded away all their good players. Their players that are still on the roster don't want to play for him, Yannick Ngakwe. They're going to get rid of Leonard Fournette probably at some point. I don't even know if Gardner Minshew is going to play a full 16-game season. He might get benched. I do not believe in him. Jared, this wow. this is not just a dark horse. This is pitch black. There's no light for this one. Wyatt, the six games that the Jags won last year, Gardner Minshew started all of them. Just saying. It wasn't Nick Foles, Lucas. 
<laughs> anyway. He's only good when he plays for the Eagles. I feel like that's an asterisk. It's a, yeah, it's an asterisk. Yeah, it's though, yeah. Anyway. Oh god, yeah. I, I commend you, Jared, for picking a true dark horse. That is, yeah, yeah it's about um, as dark as it gets. I respect that. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going on mine with Josh Allen. Um, we, we saw Josh make some big leaps last year. Some of us weren't believers, uh, maybe myself included. Um, but completion <laughs> percentage got up to near sixty percent. His touchdown interception was, you know, he was throwing more interceptions as rookie year than touchdowns. Last year it was two to one, um, and he's starting to live up to to the potential that I feel like draft experts were hoping. And this year he got Stephon Diggs, um, so I already had a solid receiving core, uh, but not really a number a, a serious number one receiver. Now they have a big play threat, and mm-hmm. also he's a, he's a dual threat QB, and uh, we're on a one year trend of picking dual threat QBs as MVP. Um, yeah. So why not why not keep that going? Um, also, the the AFC East is very very weak, um, yeah. and it's not going to be the Jets or Dolphins uh, as as sad as that is. Um, and the Patriots are a huge question mark. Um, plus, he's clutch. He led the most uh, fourth quarter comebacks in the NFL last year. So he's he's got some signature MVP moments that are going to happen. Um, so I, I'm saying he's a, he's a possibility. He's gonna if he if he's on pace from from last year to this year he's gonna go for forty touchdowns this year so eighteen picks doubles yeah yeah I, yeah, no, I, I really like that pick actually I'm I think a big it's fan a good of pick. that one it was also number one on NFL.com worst MVP candidate I don't know I'll cite them in my bibliography yeah I don't know I don't know if Josh Allen has made enough leaps to be like the number like from from year one to year two. I don't know if the, the jump has been big enough for me. Dude, to, he's only to had one that. possible leap so far. Give him another leap chance. Yeah, yeah. but you know, his window his window in the last couple of years, we've seen it from Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. His window to win an MVP was last year. And now being in his third year and not a second-year quarterback, he has no chance. Yeah. It's over. It drops dramatically. His, his prime is done. Yeah. It's done. Yeah, he's, he's about retired, honestly, yeah. at this point. Yeah. <laughs> a good pick, though. But I'll move on to mine. Going to round it out. I'm going to say Denver Broncos quarterback Drew Locke, who is currently at plus 12,500, right in between Chase Young and Nick Chubb on the list. (laughs) And I think it's just because of how impressive he was at the end of last season. He took what was the 28th ranked offense and went 4-1 in his five starts to close out the year. 7-3 touchdown interception ratio is pretty impressive for a guy playing for the first time. Beat Deshaun Watson towards the end of the season. Plus, they really loaded up. When it comes to offensive talent, they drafted Jared Judy, uh, Melvin Gordon in at running back. And I just think that like sort of things are coming into place where he could have the type of breakout year that you see like Lamar Jackson or Pat Mahomes have. Like I don't know if he necessarily has that amount of talent, but I think there are the pieces in place around him that he could catch fire at the right time and put in a good shot for the MVP. I like the pick. Yeah. This might be the I first agree. pick that I like that's on the list. <laughs> <laughs> I mean Thank I you. I like it, but I I feel like we still haven't seen really enough from him to like make. I think that's, that's to make a a prediction on him. It's like seven and three is not like charge is not like a world beater. You know, it's like if he was like if it was like twelve and two, I, I would be like wow. No, I'm serious. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, seven, I mean, like, like he, it was, that's it was like it's less than a touchdown. Yeah. It's like a touchdown a game. Yeah, but it's his first five starts. Like he's still like getting used to the All NFL and to come into the NFL and not be like, you know, putting up like, I don't know one-to-one numbers is like not terrible yeah i i do think that if i were like actually a betting man like i I feel like it it makes sense to 
bet on people that you know less about in terms of dark horses right because like, yeah. mm-hmm. i feel like they're they're more likely to maybe have some you know weird explosion um also i saw a headline today that drew lock is um apparently strongly urging teammates to stay vigilant amid the pandemic just very, <laughs> good, very forceful good. On that. so if anything if everyone else you know gets covid and it's just drew lock um you know playing playing out there on an empty field he probably will win mvp yeah good <laughs> see i like my guys to really care <laughs> right. which is why i picked them. that was a big giveaway yeah i think so the correct oh, answer though was daniel jones i know i said to sean watson <laughs> danny dimes next year is coming in big That's... i saw a picture he was looking a lot a lot beefier from last year i believe in him none of honestly that. None of that. <laughs> i'm gonna book it daniel jones wins mvp <laughs> okay we'll check back on that yeah, we'll check on that look forward I, to they do make the playoffs though i'm calling that yeah, I mean the NFC East is not great, so I yeah. I can see it happening. For no. no, Alex Smith is going to apparently come back means a lot to the Cowboys and, and Cowboys win that fans. NFC East title. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, with that, let us know on Twitter who you think is your dark horse for the NFL MVP last year, and remember to engage with us across all the platforms: YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Subscribe, <laughs> like, do anything so we know what you like best and what we should keep making. DM us. DM us. People have done it before. You can do it too. So, um, but with that, we'll see you next week. Thanks for listening. <laughs>